0: actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by The Newsworthy, my favorite upbeat daily news podcast by Erica Mandy that's sure to leave you well-informed of all the day's events in less than 10 minutes. Check out The Newsworthy now wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Bossed Up the Podcast. I'm your host, Bossed Up's founder and CEO, Emily Aries, and as a quick reminder, don't forget to enter this month's sweet giveaway, and you might win a pair of noise-canceling Bose headphones to up your podcast game. All we're asking for you to do is to leave us a review in Apple Podcasts because it certainly helps More people discover the Bossed Up community and all we have to offer here. Find the details and enter to win now at slash giveaway. Now, today I'm excited to tackle one of my favorite topics, and that is the taboo topic of quitting. That's right, I'm a big fan of advocating for women to quit some shit. That's right, we gotta quit more in our lives. However, Americans are very hung up on this whole concept of quitting. And I would argue that women in particular, since we've been raised to care for everybody and say yes to everything, saying no, drawing a line in the sand, quitting is really guilt-inducing for a lot of us. There's even that saying, you know, a quitter never wins and a winner never quits. It's this idea that really keeps people locked in pursuing goals that are no longer serving them, staying in jobs for longer than we should, staying in relationships, quite frankly, for longer than we should. It's the sunk cost fallacy at it again, friends. You know I talk about that economics principle way too much on this podcast, but it is. And I don't know, have you ever felt guilty at the prospect of quitting something, especially a job because in today's episode, we're not talking about quitting because you are burnt out. We're talking about quitting a job that's been pretty good to you. How on earth do you walk away and explain why you're walking away to an employer who's treated you quite fairly in a lot of ways? It's a emotional challenge, but it's also a bit of a PR challenge in how you break the news, which is why I'm so excited for you to meet today's guest. But first, here's today's listener-submitted career conundrum that got this whole conversation started. Hey, Emily. This is
1: Kate from Greenville, South Carolina. I'm looking to switch jobs. I'm in a great company, but they don't have all the resources that I'm looking for. So I'd like to change jobs, but I'm wondering how do you change jobs and leave a good company without burning bridges. I I want these people to be resources for me in my career later on, but I think they are going to be pretty upset that I'm leaving.
0: Now we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, my guest and I will break down today's career conundrum. Today's episode is brought to you by General Assembly's NYC campus. I'm all about helping women navigate their career like a boss. And one of our community members, Nina, did just that with the help of General Assembly. After taking a web development course, Nina transitioned from paralegal to full-time developer. Over the past six months, almost 10,000 individuals have taken their first step toward a new career at GA New York. Are you ready to start learning? Head to ga.co slash classes and get 30% off your first class with code GABOSS. Kate, that is such a good career conundrum. And I feel you on the feeling guilty front. And in order to help me break this question down, today I'm talking with Adonola Adeshola, who is a millennial career strategist and Forbes columnist who writes a lot about quitting on good terms. She helps driven, purpose-minded young professionals get unstuck in their careers through her website, Employee Redefined. And as a former PR specialist, she knows a thing or two about controlling the message on your way out the door. This Nigerian American self proclaimed job quitter who admits that her immigrant parents might have preferred her to be a doctor than to do the work she's doing today is here to tell us how she's helped countless others navigate walking out on a job and how she's done it herself with grace and gratitude. Adanila, thank you so much for being here on the podcast today. Hey. (laughs) So you recently penned an article for your Forbes leadership column titled Mm -hmm. How to Quit Your Job Without Burning Any Bridges. And that certainly inspired having you on today. Can you tell us what inspired that piece and what you learned through writing it?
1: Yeah, so I mean... That really just came from my own personal experiences and just questions that my clients have constantly asked me. Because I mean, it's one thing to get the job that you want, but it's another thing to then tell your current company that you no longer want to work there anymore. And it can be a little tricky because on one end, you're super excited about the fact that you have this new chapter that you're about to start. But on the other end, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how my boss is going to take it. Who's going to do my work? What's going to happen? Are they going to hate me for leaving? And it's just a little bittersweet experience that I really wanted people to know how to tackle well, Um, because if you don't really know how to do it, a lot of times people can start apologizing or start kind of not being prepared and just making the situation more complicated. And I really just wanted to give a very simple, strategic, easy way for people to cut their losses. (laughs) without feeling too bad or without it being too messy.
0: So in Kate's case, you know, she has made it clear that her current employer treats her pretty darn well. She pays her well. Uh, She or he, I should say. But (laughs) she's well compensated. And it almost sounds to me like she feels a little guilty for leaving. So what advice would you have for Kate in this situation?
1: Oh, my gosh. I... I have learned that a lot of people, and it's funny because I feel like millennials get like a, I don't know if Kate is millennial, but we're going to assume that she's a millennial. And and I feel like millennials get a batter up for being like disloyal or feeling like they're not really being committed. But I find that a lot of times the, the millennials that I coach usually have this over exaggerated sense of loyalty sometimes. Like they feel like they have to like commit and they have, like if they don't do it, no one else will. And it's like, if they don't make sure that everyone's job is done, then, or if their work is complete, then who's going to do it? And it's just so much like, it's crazy to me. Cause I'm like, Hey, (laughs) you're not the first person to leave and you won't be the last. And it's okay. You know, like you don't have to feel like you're, you're doing this major, big, thing because it's not that big. It's just Yeah, you
0: know it's <laughs> it's interesting and you know, we certainly don't want to come down on Kate here yeah, in any way yeah. or anyone who's feeling that way. Mm-hmm. But there is something I write about and I'm I'm writing about it right now as I finish my book that I call the martyrdom mindset. This idea mm-hmm. that we must sacrifice ourselves mm-hmm. for the greater good. And I think it's combined these gender stereotypes that women have been socialized yes. to embrace like women should care for everyone else first. Combined with this like American Protestant work ethic thing, which is like, you're only worthy if you're being productive. Exactly. (laughs) And that that combines to make people feel like almost like go on this ego trip, Mm -hmm. which is if I don't do this, who will? And, you know, stepping back, seeing the forest from the trees and recognizing, like you said brilliantly, you won't be the first or last to quit Mm -hmm. and the company will find a way to move on. It's a really good perspective to bring. Yeah. And what she
1: said, it sounds like she said that they don't have the resources that she needs to be able to be successful in her career. And you have to understand that you're making the best decision for yourself. It already sounds like you've already made up your mind. It looks like you've already weighed the pros and cons. So you have already decided that this is the next step for your career. So you have to appreciate the time that you've been given at that space, at that company, and say thank you, and then move on. So I think when she talks about like not burning bridges, you're not going in there saying, I hate, I hate you guys. (laughs) Or like, I hated working here, or I had to leave because of X, Y, Z. You're going there saying, you know, thank you for the time and experience that I've been able to receive from working here. And I'm grateful for everything that I've been able to learn, all the opportunities that I've had, but now I'm having another opportunity To do something else and i'm putting in my two weeks notice and it's really as simple as that
0: adenola i love how you're leading with grace and gratitude there Mm -hmm. that's a really good piece of advice to start with gratitude for all that you've gained from being employed there Mm -hmm. what other tips do you have for how to break the news to your boss So I think that, you know, starting off with
1: gratitude is the best thing that she can do. And then from there, don't feel like you have to go into great length or detail about why you decided to leave. Just keep it short and sweet. Maybe mention an exciting thing that you'll be able to do in your next opportunity that doesn't align with what you're currently doing now. And just say that, you know, I would love to put in my two weeks notice. And I always say give a specific date. So if you know that you're gonna give your two weeks notice, make sure that you tell them the date. So if it's May. 28th. Tell them that my two. I love to put in my two weeks notice and it's going to be May 28th. And my biggest tip, I think, is to tell them that you're going to help with transitioning. So if you're feeling a little guilty about leaving and maybe you're working on a big project or you have a really big responsibility that you're scared to pass over to the next person, let your manager know that you'll be happy in the next two weeks to help prepare a transition document Or help bring someone on or delegate tasks or whatever it is that's gonna help them feel more comfortable with the fact that you're not gonna be there anymore.
0: I love that because it's not just about telling them that you're grateful, it's about showing them how grateful you Mm -hmm. are by being willing to make it easier on them as you transition. That is such a great piece of advice. And talk about a way to leave with a professional demeanor, right, mm-hmm. with a professional reputation, I would have no trouble giving a high recommendation to the staff that have left me in good shape, that have left me with documentation, that have left me with a transition plan. And that really says something about your character as a yes. person. Yeah. What if Kate's leaving without something else lined up? It sounds almost to me like in her question, she identified that financial resources are available but some other resources are not available at her current job maybe she's quitting and giving herself some time off to find mm-hmm. her next thing you want to keep it future focused which yeah. i like but how how might she handle it if her boss says you are quitting for nothing like you're mm-hmm. quitting and you don't even have your next thing lined up what did i do wrong
1: yeah you know and i think that's when kate would have to make it about her personal journey So let's say she is leaving for her own growth. Maybe she wants to travel. I've met lots of people who want to quit their job because they work so hard. They're tired. They haven't had time to spend time with family. They want to travel, explore the world. Maybe that's it. Or maybe she just wants to really be able to job hunt without any stress of demands from work. Whatever the case is, that's her decision. And she just has to stand strong in that. And sure, you know, her manager might be like, why? What did I do? And that's my other tip. You have to be prepared for the good and the bad. You have to be prepared for their response. So whether it's good and they say, you know, we don't know the resources, but maybe they're like, hey, we can offer you those resources. Like we can give that to you if you're willing to stay. She has to be prepared to have that explanation. Are you going to be willing to stay? Or are you going to stand in your commitment to yourself and say, I'm going to leave? Or what if they say that they're going to hire her or pay her more or change her title? You have to be prepared for that and know that, okay, what would I do if they give me that situation? And then if mm. they tell you something negative, like, why would you leave? Like, that's stupid. I mean, because it happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you have people who are not as professional as you like. And yeah. they can tell you, like, that's dumb. You know, why would you do that when you're making money here? You know, and you have to be prepared for that. And in that situation, you have to not be reactive. You know, like, you have to not be in a, in a place where you're like, You know, feeling like you have to defend yourself because at the end of the day, you've already made your decision. You're going to be leaving. So (laughs) if the worst happens, you just have to kind of just... Take it and not take it personal, knowing that this is probably one of the last conversations you'll ever have with your boss. Right.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, what's interesting is is remembering that these bosses are human too, mm-hmm. and you can't necessarily control their emotional response, yes. but you can, in some ways, control your emotional response. Exactly. I had a boss right before I started my company. Uh, I was doing work as a digital strategist in the political space. And it was very well-paid. It was something that I was comfortable doing, but it didn't light me up. And I knew I needed to start this company and I really felt like the moment was now. It was mm-hmm. 2013. Lean In had just come out. Mm-hmm. Ariana Huffington had just started her Thrive yes. section on Huffington Post. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And this is when I need to do it. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, ha- took him for a walk because we were walking out of the office. And I said, hey, I'd like to talk to you. You know, I'm more than happy to be as flexible in terms of timeline as possible. I can, I can make this happen in the next two months or so. Mm-hmm. But... I have to go because I have to start this company. And he sort of knew I was thinking about it, but I made it really clear I need to quit. Mm -hmm. And he, like, was so viscerally mad at Mm -hmm. me that he, like, almost had a temper tantrum on the street (laughs) and stormed off. He stormed (laughs) off away from me. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, he was so offended. And he was not prepared for that. And this was not the best boss, Mm -hmm. let me just say. But... The next day he came in and he said, Emily, this is perfectly reasonable. He was much more calm. He had a very cool demeanor about him. (laughs) And he said, your last day is in two weeks. So two things that I learned from that. One Mm -hmm. is you never know what you're going to get when you tell somebody this kind of news. (laughs) But it's not your fault. It's not Mm -hmm. actually about you. Mm -hmm. It's way more about them. And two, I have heard from many women in our community I feel so guilty. So I'll give them like six months notice. And I'm like, don't do that. Don't, Why would you agree with that? Because one, so for instance, I just had a client the other day
1: was like, you know, she, they're piling more work on her. um, And she knows that she's going to be leaving. And so imagine if you told your boss six months ahead of time that you're leaving, wouldn't you think that because they don't want to do the work, they would give you as much as you can do before you hit out the door? I mean- yeah. For them, it sounds like a sound decision. But for you, you already leaving. And for whatever reasons you're leaving, it's not the right place for you anymore. So yeah. don't I don't think that is smart or a wise decision to put so much more pressure on yourself by telling them so long in advance that you're leaving. And then exactly. also imagine the the awkwardness at at the company, you know, like do they invite you to certain things because they know that you're going to be leaving or do they tell you certain things about what's going to be developing in the next 8 months because they don't know if you're going to be there or they already know you're not going to be there? It just creates a really awkward environment. And to your point about like, you know, how men and women behave in these situations, men don't do that. You know, like they give their 2 weeks notice, they do their time and they leave. And like you're saying like a lot of times women feel so guilty but It's your life and it's your career and you don't owe anyone anything, you know, as long as you're doing your best and putting your best foot forward while you're there until your last day and minute, then you've done your you've done your due diligence.
0: Absolutely. And keeping in mind that that last day is negotiable, mm-hmm. right? But you should propose it, Yes, right? It's not this amorphous, whenever you think is best thing, like I did, I don't recommend that. Yeah. That was my mistake in the past. Mm-hmm. But coming and saying, here's what I propose, what do you think? I'm open to conversation. I'm open to feedback. Exactly. And, you know, being flexible and reciprocal in what you're asking for, it's it's about mutual respect, mm-hmm. right?
1: And that's and why I was saying, that's why you have to give that. So specific date, you know, lead the conversation because ultimately you're bringing them something that they never expected. You know, they probably never, they may have had suspicions, but they probably never thought that today would be the day that you're telling them you're quitting. So because you already have that knowledge, you need to come prepared. You need to be coming prepared with what is the next steps for them and for yourself and not put it in their hands because they don't know what they're going to be thinking about.
0: Like, <laughs> Right. It's a good point that there's a difference between shock mm-hmm. and an actual negative response, mm-hmm. right? Because I think what my former employer was feeling at the time was total shock. Yeah. And the next day, he was able to have process that information mm-hmm. and come more prepared to have a conversation about it. So sometimes just asking your boss, hey... Do you need some time to process this? I can come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We can talk through the details. I know this might've come as a surprise to you. That's not my intention. You know, mm-hmm. I want to make this as easy on you as possible. So how can I help you? How can I do that? Yes. Right? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I was going to add, cause I know that she mentioned like burning bridges. So we don't know if it was just her boss or if there's other colleagues or she has direct, direct reports. So we don't know the real extent of that. But I think that the next step, like once you tell your boss and as you mentioned, telling him in person or her in person, it's important to then go to the important people in your in your company or the people who have supported you or champion you and then tell them individually. I like to tell them individually because a lot of times yeah. when you find out someone's leaving, you can find out through someone else. The reason gets twisted up. You, you don't want any of that, especially if you don't want to burn bridges. So, I like to go individually to each person that I feel like has made an impact while I've been there. Yep. And just tell them, you know, hey, I wanted to let you know that I really appreciated the help or the support that you've given me during my time here. And, you know, I want to let you know that my last day will be XYZ. Um, and that's right. it. And I think that's a good way to not burn bridges and even keep that contact or communication open and even get their best information so that you can continue to be able to maintain that relationship
0: once you leave. Something I've seen done really well in a few organizations I've worked with is when someone is choosing to leave, of uh, you know directly with your supervisor coming up with a pr plan exactly. <laughs> coming up with you know here's the email that i was hoping to send to the all staff thread mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um it'll include my personal email it'll include my personal cell phone because once you're gone that work email is gone exactly. and that work email was never yours to begin <laughs> with so you know keeping in mind you want to keep those relationships open having that final written record Mm -hmm. of farewell, good Mm -hmm. wishes, here's how we can keep in touch, is like the cherry on top. It's the press release. (laughs) It is the press release, your personal press release. (laughs) So question for you. You've got a background in PR before Mm -hmm. you quit your job to help others. What was your quitting story like, if you don't mind my asking? (laughs) I don't mind your asking. So
1: (laughs) my quitting story was I knew that I was going to be quitting and I knew that I wanted to quit for a very long time for probably about two to three months. And it was after I didn't get the promotion that I was interested in getting that I started thinking about, okay, what is my life outside of this company? And so I started looking and luckily for me, I had built really great relationships with other people at at my, in my office or at my company. And I was able to go to them and tell them, like, I'm thinking about leaving. I'm applying for jobs. I have a job now. Like I was able to keep them through the process. A lot of them were references for me. Um, So it was really funny because a lot of times they would be in the phone room on the phone for me, like talking, (laughs) talking to people who are interested in hiring me. So it worked well because And and one of the people that I had a relationship with was a VP at the company. And so she was able to kind of give me that insight on how to approach talking to my boss. When should I talk to them? What should I say? Who should I tell? Um, And so that was really helpful because I wasn't going in with a blind eye. I knew how to approach it. So when I finally did tell my manager (laughs) the day I told him, he was so shocked. Like, he was like, what? You're leaving? Uh oh, why? (laughs) And so so I was like, well, this is the opportunity I have. I'm really excited about it. It's the best thing for me right now. And I really appreciate everything that you all have given me during my time here. And he was just kind of like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, he was kind of like speechless. Like it was just kind of like, like, I remember he was at his computer and then he turned around and was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, good luck. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, I wasn't expecting this today, but Okay. Right.
0: Well, that's the thing is that <laughs> that news is rarely expected. Exactly. And if it is, something terrible has happened, exactly. right?
1: Or they've been like so, seeing you on LinkedIn
0: during your right. break. Right. <laughs>
1: but yeah, it was so unexpected. So.
0: Well, what a good reminder for Kate who might be feeling like she's the only one in the world who would quit out of the blue mm-hmm. or so unexpectedly. I mean, something to keep in mind is nobody's ready for you to quit ever. ever. So, you know, get to the point, rip off that band-aid, do your best to heal that wound <laughs> as you head out the door and take care of yourself along the way. Another key point that I love about your story, Adanola, is that you organized your network around your manager. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people get a little OCD about the chain of command. And of course, this varies from workplace to workplace. Mm -hmm. Maybe, for instance, the military is a little more serious (laughs) about it. But it's a good reminder that you can build relationships with people beyond and around your direct supervisor. And those relationships can be relationships you sustain well after your time there. So do you have any recommendations for how to keep in touch with colleagues that you no longer work with or how to keep in touch with a former manager and keep that relationship on good terms even well after you leave?
1: I think one thing when you're there, let them know that you would love to keep their relationship open. You know, tell them that that's what you're intending to do, that it wasn't just like a work relationship and bye-bye, that you want to stay in touch with them. Um, I know for me, I told many people or the people that I felt like were really going to be able to help me moving forward or that I really felt were mentors. I let them know, like, I would love to keep you as a reference. I would love to be able to reach out to you should I need to. And they were so happy with that. They gave me their personal email addresses and it was great. And then also social media you know get their instagram get their twitter <laughs> get whatever you can about them that they're willing to give and then let them know that you'll be wanting to keep up with them and then keep up you know comment on their things follow them let them know that you've been you've been seeing them you know, with their new shoes or their new jacket or their new hairstyle.
0: (laughs) Someone's on Instagram over here. (laughs) I
1: love it. And just stay in touch. I think people kind of make it harder than it has to be. But with the digital age, it's so easy to at least let people know that you still remember them or you're still, you know, watching, not really watching them. That sounds creepy, but (laughs) you're still keeping in touch with them.
0: I love it. I also feel like, you know, one of the easiest ways to keep those lines of communication open that I've seen work really well is just sharing any insightful articles or news items that come on your radar about your industry. Yeah. You know, popping them an email saying, hey, I thought you might find this interesting. It mentions the kind of work you're doing. Or, hey, mm-hmm. how are things going? I read this recently and thought you'd appreciate it. Or even better, mm-hmm. inviting them to an event with you, right? Yes. Hey, I got tickets to this fundraiser? Do you want to be my plus one? You know, finding ways to keep it professional, Mm -hmm. but keep it open, right? Keep that conversation open and continue to provide value to them in their career. You know, that's one of the easiest ways to keep that relationship alive, right? I think
1: that's a good point. And even to my, my mention on social media, I think that's a really good way for you to know what's going on. So for instance, one of my previous colleagues, she, when I was working there, she wanted to be a part of this, this client project, um, and work on a different particular team. And I saw through social media that she was able to finally be a part of that project. And so that's great opportunity for you to say, send an email and say, I saw that you were able to be a part of this. Congratulations. How's it going? I'm so proud of you. Um, and then even doing check-ins, like I have other colleagues that I used to work with that every three months were like, Hey, do you want to go to dinner? Do you want to get lunch? I would love to catch up with you. And so there's a lot of different ways to still outside of even social media to still even keep that relationship going while even using social media as a way to understand what people are up to as well.
0: I love it. I love it. I want some more of it. It's like, it's like good online stalking. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Great. Well, Adanola, where can we creep on you on Instagram or on your website? Where can we learn more about you? Because I'm sure our listeners will have some follow-up questions for you too.
1: Yes. Well, as you already heard me talk about social media, you can follow me on Instagram at The New Employees. That's where you'll get all the goods. Um, and then you can also check out my website, Employee Redefined, if you would like to learn more or read up more. And again, as she- I mentioned earlier, you can check out my Forbes column where I talk a lot about career stuff and job hunting and all the things you need to be successful in your career.
0: To learn more about Adenola and follow up with links to everything we discussed on today's podcast, head on over to bossstep.org episode 26. And now it's time for this week's Boss Moves Moment of the Week.
1: Hi, Emily. My name's Megan.
0: Um, I'm an avid listener of your
1: podcast and a stuff mom never told you. I live in Washington, D.C., and I am a family law attorney for a nonprofit in Prince George's County, Maryland. I have had twice in the last two weeks a male opposing counsel who has, as we like to call in our office, tried to mansplain and bully me into not advocating for my clients, and I have fought against that bullying and refused to back down and have um, been successful on the other end in advocating for my client's
0: position. Thank you so much for your kind words and loyal listenership and for joining me here after my time on Stuff Mom Never Told You, the rad podcast I co-hosted before this that is still rad with the wonderful Bridget Todd. And congratulations on standing up to the mansplainers of the world. splainers unite. I'm so proud to hear how you stood up for yourself and know it's inspiring countless others to do the same. If you have a boss moves moment to share or a career conundrum that you want us to tackle next, give me a ring right now on the podcast hotline at 910-668-BOSS or 2677. And as one final reminder, if you are ready to get bossing with me in person with our complete team of trainers for Bossed Up Bootcamp, our flagship weekend-long program for women navigating career transition, we have just a handful of tickets left for our upcoming bootcamp in Chicago, Illinois, this June 16 and 17. So learn more and register right now at bossedup.org bootcamp. Until then, keep Boston in pursuit of your purpose, and together we'll continue to lift as we climb. my live assertive communication course is back open for enrollment and we're kicking off a new cohort launching this June. Over the course of eight life-changing weeks, you'll have access to interactive online curriculum and live weekly practice sessions where you, Irene and I, and a cohort of fellow speak up bosses who are owning their voice, overcoming the social messages that have taught us to keep silent And and really learning to strategically and assertively communicate when it matters most will actually have the practice time to rewire our brains, create new neural pathways, and build better habits when it comes to speaking up with confidence and precision and assertively communicating in the workplace. Learn more and enroll today to secure your spot at bossedup.org slash speakup. That's bossedup.org slash speakup.